Morning, mutineers. Welcome to Labor and Love. 20 years of schooling, and they put you on the day shift. Some kind of free 
James there <clears throat> with her version of Prince's uh, famous Purple Rain and we're in our intro this is Labor and Love the show where we tell you how it is if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for that means an investment another person or a lot of people worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, you're probably on the menu. And finally, never but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. One more I want to play before we get started here. The woman black, queer, woman guitar player, Sister Rosetta Tharp, 
Sister Rosetta Tharp. <clears throat> Sister Rosetta Tharp with uh, hers, Didn't It Her, Didn't It Rain. Uh, and welcome to the Labor and Love Show. This is the B, a.k.a. Bill Morgan. 
working the labor beat <laughs> labor news opinion uh, comment by for and about working people and as always the show is dedicated to those 150 American working people who will die today on the job or from job related causes if we take that number around the world it's 3,500 workers who will die today on the job or from job related conditions welcome to labor and love and um, we started out there with Bob Dylan song that's really pushing to be the theme song of this show subterranean homesick blues with its haunting line uh, 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift that was followed that was followed by Purple Rain Etta James version of Prince's one of Prince's signature songs, Purple Rain. And then we had Sister Rosetta Tharp. Sister Rosetta was born in 1915. Many people claim that she's the original soul sister, the godfather of rock and roll. She influenced early rock and roll musicians, including Little Richard, Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry, Elvis Presley and Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, like many of the great soul singers and rhythm and blues artists, she was a child of the church. And she traveled all through the South singing uh, gospel music and pop gospel. Her 1944 hit Down by the Riverside was selected for National Recording Registry of the Library of Congress. Only very distinguished music gets in there. She was born in Arkansas, moved to Chicago, Illinois, married a preacher, in 1938, she left her husband and moved with her mother to New York City. Although she married several times, she performed as Rosetta Tharp for the rest of her life. Tharp was <clears throat> a black lesbian woman. Uh, great guitar player, one of the real pioneers of guitar playing, of blues guitar. I mean, you can hear in that song we played you, Didn't It Rain, a whole uh, alphabet of guitar licks and an approach to the, the solo, the blues solo on guitar. I had the good fortune last night to go and see uh, one of the great all-time band, Los Lobos, 
in San Jose, what immediately strikes you out, strikes you about Los Lobos, <coughs> is how well they adapt different styles to their own, um, their own style. So they played, uh, they played rock and roll, great rock and roll. They played blues. They played uh, traditional Spanish songs. They uh, played a ranchera. And they played this. Yo no sé si tenga amor 
la eternidad, pero allá tal como aquí, y en la boca llevarás sabor a mí. Guantanamera, Guajira, Guantanamera, 
Okay, Los Lobos with their version of a movement song of a whole generation. Guantanamera. Something from uh, Los Alvarados. Yo soy Chicano. Yo soy Chicano by Los Alvarados. And we had a couple songs there by Los Lobos. We had uh, Sabor a Mi, a beautiful version of a beautiful song by Los Lobos. And Guantanamera, as I said, the anthem of an entire movement that... Uh, of people who sought to join forces across uh, racial and ethnic and other barriers. Guantanamera. 
And finally, yo soy Chicano. Chicanismo, something they talked about. The, the uh, Lobos talked about last night. Chicanos. That's uh, people in the United States who identify with their Mexicanness. And uh, there's a whole set of stories that go along with it. One of them is that the Aztec people, the ancestors of, of the uh, central Mexican Indian tribes, uh, migrated from the north into Mexico, and they passed through a country they called Aztlan. Now, Aztlan was, it's defined as the country they passed through, not much more than that, but it's pretty obvious that Aztlan is the Pacific Coast, California, to be specific. So, Chicanos claim a prior presence in this place. Anyway, vocalist and guitarist David Hidalgo and drummer Louis Perez met at Garfield High School in East Los Angeles, California, and bonded over their mutual affinity for obscure musical acts as Fairport Convention, Randy Newman, and Rye Cooter. Um, we kept looking at each other. You like this stuff? I thought I was the only weird one. So I went over to his house one day for about a year, which we spent listening to records, playing guitars, and starting to write songs. The two borrowed reel-to-reel recorders from a friend and created multi-track recordings of music spanning from parody songs to free-form jazz. Originally, they called themselves Los Lobos del Este, the wolves from the east of Los Angeles. Um, They really hit it and became commercially successful in the 1980s. An extended play called End of Time to Dance sort of launched them on a successful career. Um, by the light of the moon in the same year they, in 1987 they recorded some Richie Valens covers for La Bamba the title track became a number one single for the band 1988 they followed with another album La Pistola y el Corazón The Pistol and the Heart featuring original and traditional Mexican songs. October 9th, 2015, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, nominated to be inducted. Uh, Read more on on, Google it. Look look them up on the uh, Wikipedia website. An amazing band. 
los lobos. Okay, let's listen to our Win Week in Review now. Get some labor news, both Win Week in Review, and we'll follow that up with our World Labor Report on Labor Radio. Win Week in Review. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. Following a day of multiple protest rallies in the streets, what's next for the Chicago Teachers Union and their battle to fully fund Chicago schools? CTU Vice President Jesse Sharkey says both the union and the community are engaged in a struggle to defend and fully fund public education in Chicago, and cuts to education are unacceptable. If they try to come to us with cuts, we'll strike against those cuts. We'll strike to defend the schools. If it comes to that in the fall, we are not going to sit idly by and watch them cut the schools to rip. Striking Minnesota registered nurse Bernadine Ingeldorf says while the employer, Alina Health, is focused on forcing nurses to change health care plans, the striking nurses also have other important issues that sent them to the picket lines. We came to the table to talk about our staffing crisis in our hospital, issues around workplace violence, and um, assuring that we really have a voice for the nurses and for the patients in our facilities. 1,300 registered nurses at the Kaiser Permanente Los Angeles Medical Center began a four-day strike Thursday from the L.A. picket lines. Striking RN Aisha Ely says nurses are frustrated that they aren't getting the staffing and resources they need to provide the best quality patient care. We're advocating for our patients. We're fighting for our patients so that we're able to give them what they need. So, and the message that I would like to give to Kaiser is just work with us. Give us what we need so that we're able to do our job. We don't want to be out here. Economic Policy Institute President Larry Michelle is urging the Democratic Party to adopt robust economic platform planks that will really help working people and the U.S. economy. He says raising wages and beefing up labor standards is essential. He says four things are critical to raising wages across the board for American workers. One is to get full employment and keep it there. Two is to rebuild labor standards, most prominently the minimum wage, but we need to deal with uh, misclassification and, and wage theft, protect the overtime rule, all those sorts of things. Three, we need to rebuild a system of collective bargaining, but that I'm very dissatisfied with the current system of collective bargaining, I think we have to revise it wholesale and move towards occupational sectoral bargaining. The fourth part, we have to really think about constraining the growth of incomes at the top. What the top 1% has gained is incomes that otherwise would have flowed to the bottom 99%. Railroad workers want you to know that federal regulations are needed to prevent railroads from running freight trains with just one person. J.P. Wright of Railway Workers United. I can tell you right now, from my own personal experience, there's no way that you do not want two people on the front of that train. Even if you're just talking about national security, communities that need a first first responder in case of an accident, that's what we are as railroaders. We're the ones that's there before anybody. Workers' independent news provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Okay, that was Workers' Diversified News bringing you uh, American, U.S. labor issues. The teachers' strike in Chicago, for example. Remember, there was a big victory for organized labor Uh, Just weeks ago, the biggest, largest strike in U.S. history was settled 
to the advantage of uh, the people who went out on strike. That was the uh, Verizon strike. Here's the World Labor Report from Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, June 24th, 2016. I'm Mark Belongic. In the report this week, unions in the UK are calling for a plan to protect workers as the country leaves the European Union. Labor organizations used World Public Service Day to call for an end to global tax evasion. And our Labor Start correspondent reports about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Labor leaders in Britain are calling for an action plan which will protect workers when the country leaves the European Union. In a national referendum, voters supported Britain exiting the EU, the so-called Brexit, with a vote of 52% in favour. Unions in the UK, led by the Trades Union Congress, campaigned strenuously against a Brexit. They were concerned that much of the favourable Labour legislation adopted by the UK because of EU membership would be dismantled. Leaving the EU is a policy of right-wing political parties throughout Europe. Frances O'Grady is the General Secretary of the Trades Union Congress. She was asked about the TUC's reaction to the vote. Well, of course we accept the result. The British people have spoken. But the first priority now has to be about building confidence to stop the economy crashing. And uh, we're calling for a national action plan to protect British jobs. And that has to involve business and unions because workers mustn't pay the price of this Brexit. Working people already feel they paid the price for the financial crash in 2008. They mustn't pay the price for this one. But the real priority right now is that we've got to do everything we can uh, to stop the economy crashing and to protect jobs. And we, we think we need everybody now needs unity. This is very, very important for people's livelihoods and their futures. 52% of the 30 million people who voted in the referendum held on Thursday, June 23rd, supported a Brexit, meaning, of course, that many working people supported the Leave campaign. Ms. O'Grady was asked about this support by workers to leave the European Union. Trade union members are no different to the country as a whole, but we had a responsibility to tell the truth as we saw it in, in terms of the risks, real risks, uh, to pay to jobs and rights of a Brexit. But right now, I think the focus has to be when we're seeing the pound falling uh, and we know the impact that will have on prices and livelihoods and pensions that we need to get around a table and uh, work together to protect jobs. I think what we have to do now is is heal the wounds in the country. I don't think I think this is about much more frankly uh, than the careers of political leaders or political parties. This is about working people in the country who need security for their future and need to be confident that they won't end up paying the price yet again. The referendum results do not mean that the UK is automatically out of the European Union. Parliament has to pass a new law calling for an exit. Then the European Union has to be told of the plans, and that kicks in a two-year period of negotiating the exit. 
Thursday, June 23rd was World Public Service Day, a day set aside by the United Nations to remind people about the importance of public services. Radio Labour senior correspondent Seamary Ainsborough reports. Labour organizations around the world are leading campaigns to protect public services. They argue that the services are part of the common wealth of a society and should be enhanced, not cut by government austerity programs or provided by corporations focused on making profits. One of those labor organizations is Public Services International. The PSI is a global labor federation which represents almost 700 unions with 20 million workers in 154 countries. In the past year, it has been focusing on a large number of issues, including migration, equality, and global trade. One of the issues it has been addressing most forcefully is tax evasion, because fair tax systems help fund necessary public services. Radio Labour interviewed Rosa Pavanelli about tax evasion. Ms. Pavanelli is the PSI's General Secretary. She was asked how much money is involved in global tax evasion. Well, actually, nobody knows of the real amount of money that is stolen by governments and national administration every year. But there's an estimate that says it is about 30 trillion U.S. dollars a year that are hidden in tax havens. And of this, about 10 trillion is estimated to be from the least developed countries in the world. So it's not true that tax evasion is a matter that uh, affects uh, only the rich countries where people can evade or avoid to pay taxes. It affects mostly developing countries. Ms. Pavanelli was also asked what should be done to curb tax evasion. I think that uh, we need a global governance on this issue. We cannot expect uh, to solve the problem with the actions uh, of individual government. This is why we strongly support uh, the proposal of ICRIC, the Independent Commission for the Reform of Corporate Taxation, to create uh, a global tax body under the umbrella of the United Nations that can be that can deal with a deep reform that can include all the countries developed and not and developing. Second should be to close the tax havens. Then I think that the proposal that the EQC, the European Trade Union Confederation, recently adopted to propose a corporate, a minimum corporate tax rate fixed at 25% is a very good first step that should be endorsed and supported. And finally, we think that each country should annually publish the list of tax holidays given to companies in its jurisdiction. This is Seamarie Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,300 stories our volunteers collected last week. Our top stories section included links to news about the ongoing struggle in France over changes to that country's labor laws, the deaths of strikers at the hands of Mexican police as the teacher strike there continues, and a hunger strike by members of the Korean Part-Time Workers Union as they demand an increase in the minimum wage. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. 
Here are just a few highlights. Members of the Zimbabwe Teachers Association closed schools after receiving notice that their wages would continue to go unpaid. Food processing plant workers in Turkey walked over wages. British rail workers walked to protest a plan to reduce staff on passenger trains affecting safety. Solid waste workers in India walked to back their demands for higher wages and regular days off. Kenyan university workers began a pay dispute on Thursday. Workers at 15 local governments across Nigeria occupied their offices and refused to work in an effort to gain their unpaid wages. Nurses in the United States were out over changes to their health care plan. And in Egypt, food workers continued their job action in an effort to win a wage increase. Stories collected on our Working Women page included the news that migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong are being put into endless debt by labor brokers. The partnerships between British and Indian unions that are improving the lives of garment workers in southern India, and a profile of the United States Union Woman of the Year. Our Health and Safety Newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the Canadian nurse who was fired for exposing safety violations in a hospital, the recent series of mining accidents in Botswana, and the union that's campaigning for industrial safety in Guyana. Next week, look for coverage of a possible China airline strike in Taiwan and further reaction by British unions to the Brexit vote. Currently, Leverstart is running eight online actions. Please take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Leverstart, reporting for Radio Labor. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. a little bit now about this uh, Brexit. It uh, crashed the uh, it crashed the uh, U.S. market. I mean, U.S. market uh, stock market went down. Dow Jones averaged down almost 3%. Huge drop. Six, seven hundred points. What is all this about? What is this Brexit thing and why were trade unionists, left trade unionists against it um, okay well the common market was founded in 1955 and the idea was to <coughs> make uh, European powers uh, one economy, in other words they would function as one economy, they would have one passport for all the countries, they would have one uh, kind of money, uh, the euro, and uh, they would function together. There was it was kind of like a planned economy. For example, farmers in Greece were told to grow uh, olives, and uh, other people in the in the European common market were told not to grow olives. So different industries became assigned to different areas of Europe. Uh, 
sounds like a good idea. These countries were still getting over World War II. And uh, why, why are you... So people, why did people want to get out of the common market? Why did British people... Number one, the common market, the European community, has a lot of labor rights, things like pensions and health plans and uh, overtime pay and uh, paternity leave benefits like that written into it. So some... British capitalists got upset about that. They said, why should another country tell us how to treat our workers? There were various uh, stricter banking regulations with the uh, common market that some English, again, financiers and capitalists uh, didn't like. But then you have to look at the whole uh, xenophobia the fear of people coming into uh, England and into Europe. This is very strong, for example, in France, where a lot of Muslim peoples have come from the French colonies, basically. <laughs> Nobody told the French to make the, these places colonies, so the people naturally go to the, the mother country to uh, try to advance or have a better life, kind of... And the recent huge influx of uh, refugees from the wars, the U.S. and European-caused wars uh, in the Middle East, specifically now Syria. Um, English, the English right-wing people didn't want to be told how many of these dark people they had to take by someone else, someone in in uh, Switzerland, or wherever the headquarters of the European Union is. And it kind of goes in line right together in concert with uh, Donald Trump's jingoistic uh, programs. Make America Great Again, America First. Well, in order to make America great again, America has to be great. <clears throat> it has to act great with uh, compassion. Um, so this is a move by British and neoliberals to get an advantage, get back control of uh, their own separate economy. And that's why trade unions are against it. Um, now they're going to have to negotiate all those labor contracts and, and agreements all over again, which is what's happening in France. In France, one of the big... France is under martial law now. One of the big... Uh, Protests. One of the big things that people are protesting is exactly this, having to renegotiate uh, labor protocols that have been part of law. They've been put in by law, and we have a socialist government now trying to take those rights away, among them other, other rights. Um, 
Okay, yakety yak. Here's uh, George Carlin re reacting to some of that uh, jingoistic nonsense that Mr. Trump is putting out. Time. God bless America. Once again, respectfully, I say to myself, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> God bless America? Is that a request? Is that a demand? Is that a suggestion? Politicians say it at the end of every speech, as if it were some sort of verbal tick that they can't get rid of. <laughs> God bless you and God bless America. God bless you and God bless America. I guess they figure if they leave it out, someone's going to think they're bad Americans. Let me tell you a little secret about God, folks. God does not give a flying fuck about America, okay? He doesn't care. He never cared about this country. He never has, he never will. He doesn't care about this country any more than he cares about Mongolia, Transylvania, Pittsburgh, the Suez Canal, or the North Pole. He simply doesn't care, okay? He doesn't care. Listen, hey, there are 200 countries in the world now. Do these people honestly think that God is sitting around picking out his favorites? <laughs> Why would he do that? Why would God have a favorite country? And why would it be America out of all the countries? Because we have the most money? Because he likes our national anthem? Maybe it's because he heard we have 18 delicious flavors of classic rice-a-roni. It's delusional thinking. It's delusional thinking. And Americans are not alone with these sort of delusions. Military cemeteries around the world are packed with brainwashed, dead soldiers who are convinced God was on their side. America prays for God to destroy our enemies. Our enemies pray for God to destroy us. Somebody's going to be disappointed. <laughs> Somebody's wasting their fucking time. Could it be everyone? <laughs> now, now. If people want to say God bless America, that's their business, I don't care, but here's what I don't understand. If they say God bless America, presumably they believe in God. And if they do, they must have heard God loved everyone. That's what he said. He loved everyone and he loved them equally. So why would these people ask God to do something that went against his own teachings? You know what these God bless America people ought to do? They ought to check with that Jesus fellow they're so crazy about. <laughs> they're always talking about what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? They don't want to know so they can do it. They just want to know so they can tell other people to do it. Well. I'll tell you what Jesus would have done. I'll tell you what Jesus would have done. He would have got up on the top of the Empire State Building and said, God bless everyone around the world forever and ever till the end of time. That's what Jesus would have done. And that's what these people should do. Or else they should admit that God bless America is really just some sort of an empty slogan with no real meaning except for something vague like, good luck. <laughs> good luck, America. You're on your own which is a little bit closer to the truth. Stay away from the White House. Stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House. Stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House or you'll go to Vajrahel. Stay away from New York City. It costs money to live there. Stay away from the country, the banks own all the air. Stay away from their electric, it'll whiten your beard hair. Stay away from smoking cigarettes, stay away, stay away. 
Stay your hand from off your Marlboro. Stay away, stay away. Stay away from nicotine and beer. It'll make you old and gay. Stay away from fucking broomsticks. It'll give you syphilis. Stay away from fucking rubber dolls, even if they got big tits. Stay away from 14-year-old boys. Fuck them once, they call it quits. Stay away, stay away, oh yes, yes, stay away from eating chemical donuts for breakfast yesterday. Stay away from living death, though the army gives good pay. Stay away from capitalism and the boss's CIA. Stay away from oil industry, they rob your energy. Stay away from secret policeman when he calls you out to play. Stay away from Satan in the good old USA. Stay away from eating meatballs while the Wall Street Dodgers play. Stay away from the White House this year. Wish you a fine day. Stay away, stay away, away from all that jive. Ripping off the niggers just to keep the band alive. Yeah, ripping off the nigger, how us white musicians thrive. Stay away from all them Jew boys with their Zionist delights. Stay away from all them Christians calling all them Jew boys kikes. Stay away from all them prophets, they'll get you into fights. Stay away from all them Arabs with that murder on their mind. Stay away from State Department, they'll bow and scrape your blind. Stay away from Rockefeller, he blows up an oily wind. Stay away from Richard Nixon, he'll get you all in jail. He'll kick you and he'll punch you and he'll make your vision fail. And while he's got you staying away from the White House, he will wail. Oh, stay away from my White House, I got it all my own. You can hear it in the basement, all them singing plumbers groan. Stay away, oh, all you Democrats, except the hawks I've known. You can come into my White House, Senator Jackson Hawk. You're the one that loves the army. Billions you will balk. Mr. Ford and CIA Bush, right in my door you walk. Stay away from Nirvana, your ambition makes you blind. Stay away from Brumhaloka, you can only grasp the wind. Stay away from every heaven, you'll wake up in sovereign mind. Come down, yeah, come down to earth right here. On Avenue C and 10th Street, make your mind I see clear. Come down to earth, Merry Christmas, and I wish you a happy new
And that was uh, Master of Puppets from Metallica. Very influential uh, thrash metal, they were termed, group from uh, Los Angeles singing Master of Puppets. Master of Puppets, I'm pulling your strings, twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. Blinded by me, you can't see a thing. Just call my name, because I'll hear you scream. Now your life is out of season. I will occupy. I will help you die. I will bring you through. Now I rule you too. Okay. Metallica leaves no doubt where they're coming from. I want to read something right now. Uh, the war prayer. The war prayer is uh, the work of Mark Twain. And uh, Mark Twain wrote this in response to a U.S. imperialistic war, fought for markets. Fought for cheap labor, and uh, American troops went into the Philippines after, uh, quote-unquote, helping the Filipinos kick out the Spanish invaders, and then the United States took over the power, uh, added, annexed the Philippines as a commonwealth to the United States. No vote was ever taken, no plebiscite. And uh, the Philippine people, under the leadership of uh, Aguinaldo, rose up in revolt. American troops were sent there. Uh, killing over a million Filipinos several infamous slaughters, a.k.a. we're talking, you know, the first chapter in U.S. imperialism, the early days, uh, got started then. There was a serious debate as to whether the United States would become an imperialist nation, which uh, sought cheap labor overseas, sought captive markets for its goods, uh, building that colonial relationship where the mother country takes more out of the subject country than it puts in, in the form of things like low wages. At any rate, this is the war prayer. Twain wrote it to uh, fight against American involvement in the Philippines. War prayer was a time of great and exalting excitement. The country was up in arms. The war was on, and every breath burned the holy fire of patriotism. The drums were beating, the bands playing, the toy pistols popping, and the bunch of firecrackers hissing and sputtering. 
On every hand and far down the receding, fading spread of roofs and balconies, a fluttering wilderness of flags flashed in the sun. Daily, the young volunteers marched down the wide avenue, gay and fine in their neat uniforms. The proud fathers and mothers and sisters and sweethearts cheering them with voices choked with happy emotion as they swung by. Nightly, they packed mass meetings, listened, panting to patriot oratory with stirred depths of their hearts and which they interrupted at briefest intervals with cycling of applause, the tears running down their cheeks. In the churches, the pastors preached devotion to flag and country and invoked the God of battles, beseeching his aid in our good cause in outpourings of fervid eloquence which moved every listener was indeed a glad and gracious time, and the half-dozen rash spirits that ventured to disapprove of the war and cast a doubt upon its righteousness straightaway got such a stern and angry warning that for their personal safety's sake, they quickly shrank out of sight and offended no more in that way. Sunday morning came, Next day, the battalions would leave for the front. The church was filled. The volunteers were there, their young faces alight with martial dreams, visions of the stern advance, the gathering momentum, the rushing charge, the flashing sabers, the flight of the foe, the tumult, the enveloping smoke, the fierce per pursuit. Surrender. Then, home from the war, bronzed heroes welcomed, adored, submerged in golden seas of glory. But the volunteers sat their dear ones, proud, happy, and envied by the neighbors and friends who had no sons and brothers to send forth to the field of honor there to win for the flag or fallen, die the noblest of noble deaths. The service proceeded. A war chapter from the Old Testament was read. The first prayer was said. It was followed by an organ burst that shook the building. And with one impulse, the house rose with glowing eyes and beating hearts and poured out their tremendous invocation. God, the all-terrible thou ordainest, under thy clarion and lightning thy sword. Then came the long prayer. None could remember the like of it for passionate pleading, moving in beautiful language. The burden of its supplication was that ever merciful and benignant father of us all would watch over our normal, our noble young soldiers and aid, comfort, and encourage them in their patriotic work. Bless them. Shield them in the day of battle and the hour of peril. Bear them in his mighty hand. Make them strong and confident 
invincible in the bloody onset. Help them crush the flow, the foe, and grant to them and to their flag the glory and imperishable honor. An aged stranger entered and moved with slow and noiseless step up the main aisle. His eyes fixed upon the minister, his long body clothed in a robe that reached to his feet, his head bare, his white hair descending in a frothy cataract to his shoulders, his seamy face unnaturally pale, pale even ghastliness, with all eyes following him and wondering he made his silent way. Without pausing, he ascended to the preacher's side and stood there waiting. With shut lids, the preacher, unconscious of his presence, continued his moving prayer and at last finished it. With the words uttered in fervent appeal, bless our arms. Grant us the victory, O Lord and God, Father and Protector of our land and flag. touched his arm, motioning him to step aside, which the startled minister did, and took his place. During some moments he surveyed the spellbound audience with solemn eyes in which burned an uncanny light. Then in a deep voice he said, I come from the throne bearing a message from Almighty God. Smoked the house with a shock. If the stranger perceived it, he gave no attention. He has heard the prayer of his servant, your shepherd, and will grant it if it such be your desire. After I, the messenger, shall have explained to you its import. That is to say, its full import. For it is like unto many of the prayers of men in that it asks for more than he who utters it is aware of. Except he pause and think, God's servants and yours have prayed this prayer. Has he paused and taken thought? Is it one prayer? No, it is two, one uttered and the other not. Both have reached the ear of him who heareth all such supplications, the spoken and the unspoken. Ponder this. Keep it in mind if you would beseech a blessing upon yourself. Beware. Lest without intent you invoke a curse upon your neighbor at the same time. If you pray for the blessing of rain on your crop which needs it by that act, you are possibly praying for a curse on some neighbor's crop which may not need rain and might be injured by it. You have heard your servant's prayer, the uttered part of it. I am commissioned by God to put into words the other part of it, the part which the prayer and which you in your heart fervently prayed silently. 
You heard the words, grant us the victory, O Lord our God. That is sufficient. The whole of the uttered prayers compact into those pregnant words. Elaborations were not necessary. When you have prayed for victory, you have prayed for many unmentioned results which follow victory, must follow it, cannot help but follow it. Upon the listening spirit of God fell also the unspoken part of the prayer. He commandeth me to put it into words. Listen. Lord, our Father, our young patriots, idols of our hearts, go forth into battle. Be thou near them, with them in spirit. We also go forth from the sweet peace of our beloved firesides to smote the foe. O oh Lord our God, help us tear their soldiers to bloody shreds with our shells. Help us to cover their smiling fields with the pale forms of their patriot dead. Help us to drown the thunder of the guns with the shrieks of their wounded writhing in pain. Help us to lay waste their humble homes with a hurricane of fire. Help us to wring their hearts of their unoffending widows with unavailing grief. Help us to turn them out roofless with their little children to wander unfriended in the waste of their desolate land in rags and hunger and thirst. <clears throat> Sports of the sun flames in summer and the icy winds of winter. Broken in spirit, worn with travail, imploring thee for the refuge of the grave and denied it. For our sakes who adore thee, Lord, blast their hopes, blight their lives, protract their bitter pilgrimage, make heavy their steps, water their way with their tears, Stain the white snow with the blood of their wounded feet. We ask it in the spirit of love. Of him who is the source of love and who is the ever faithful refuge. And friend of all that are sore beset and seek his aid with humble and contrite hearts. Amen. After a pause, he continued, You have prayed for it. If you still desire it, speak. The messenger of the Most High waits. It was believed afterward that the man was a lunatic because there was no sense in what he said. Indeed, organize. That was the war prayer by Mark Twain, read by yours truly. In the background, we had uh, percussion under construction by the uh, Fruit of Labor Collective. Fruit of Labor singing ensemble. Okay, the war prayer. In that prayer, 
Twain encapsulates the folly of war, of, of praying that your God will is not anyone else's God, that your God will give you victory over other people who also pray to God. Okay, we had uh, Stay Away from the White House with Allen Ginsberg. And we had God Bless America, George Carlin, and his reflections on, what would we call it? The, uh, that Americans are different from other people and better that we are God's people, we are God's country. American elitism, uh, that just because we do it, then it's okay and it's new. And uh, here's Lydia Mendoza talking to Donald Trump, among others. Conmigo 
Okay, mutineers. No. I want to say something now about uh, Mutiny Radio and uh, the Mission District in general. What uh, Mutiny is going through is similar to what's going on in the Mission. It's a statement. Thinking about this a lot. So, hello, this is uh, Bill Morgan, aka The Bee, your host on the Labor and Love Show on Mutiny Radio. Well, I'm putting down my hammer and sickle for a minute to talk to you about a terrible thing that is happening before our eyes. I mean, the loss of a working-class neighborhood and also a place that so many writers, actors, comedians, dancers, cartoonists, painters, photographers, and actors, musicians, and poets call home. The mission is one of the cradles of a rich and militant Chicano culture, of course, but so diverse that any artist who had a new idea about how to express something or some new thing to express could try it out in the mission's little storefronts, the hole-in-the-wall exhibit and performance halls. But like I said, we're losing it. We're losing it to the market, which means working people and artists can no longer afford to live here. Rents are very high and real estate prices are astronomical and both are going up. The whole attitude of the place is changing too. That living art, that vibrant quality is becoming transformed into something that the realtors who are doing all the deals call character, neighborhood character. But so what, someone might say, it's still the mission. But it's not. And here's why. Artists are like athletes. They need to practice and learn while they develop their skills before they they can reach wider audiences. They need to present their work to the world and see what the world says about it. They need to make mistakes and fail to try every new thing that occurs to them. Now, this kind of art, art at this stage, is not the dead and unburied classical stuff that most people call art. It is alive and vibrating, often edgy, up to the minute, reacting to the very latest events, the latest changes, and the most immediate emotions. Sometimes it shocks you or offends or enrages you. But this is where great art comes from. Mutiny Radio is such a place where all this can happen. At Mutiny you have happening new video, new music, new comedy, new radio, new art on the walls. You can rent the place and put on your own show, your own event. But the Mutiny Radios and their ilk like that are disappearing. Every month, Mutiny struggles to meet its budget. 
Every month we hear about another artist evicted, or another performance place closed, or another iconic mission cafe or coffee house that has gone out of business. How do we resist this? How do we take our neighborhood back? One way, of course, is to mount a grassroots campaign to save the apartments and the homes and the small businesses that have defined the mission for so long. And another way is to resist this, what is the euphemism, gentrification, is by contributing and utilizing and joining in at the places where new art is being created. Give them your money, your time, and your own creativity. Join in. Be generous. Join the mutiny. Save the mission. Okay, that was a little thing I wrote up, and um, it's from the heart. Uh, the mission district is going away. Front of our eyes and the only way we can keep it is by using it right so be generous join the mutiny save the mission okay we've got a, a situation in Mexico that needs attention. These are things people don't know about. People are, These are underreported in our uh, mass media. Teachers in Mexico are fighting battles with police and security agencies in Oaxaca State. Sunday evening, violent clashes left eight dead and 53 civilians and 55 police officers injured in Oaxaca State, according to reports. Teachers from the CNTE are protesting in opposition to a part of Mexican's education reform that calls for mandatory testing of teachers. In 2013, Enrique Peña Nieto's administration adopted an education reform bill which created a merit-based pay and promotion system, new tests for teachers entering the field. Mexico's local teacher schools that have often provided a path to upward mobility for young teachers and have often been the site of political radicalization taking power away from these schools and more federal oversight. The bill shifted control from Mexico's teachers union, the SNTE, to the federal government and caused an uproar within the CNTE. So in this case, we were talking earlier about places where government guaranteed rights are now being shifted to negotiation. In this case, things that have been shifted to negotiation have been co-opted by the Mexican government in order to, quote-unquote, reform the public schools there. J. 
check it out. I'm looking at the uh, In These Times with Liberty and Justice for All website after Teachers Union protests against education reform. Okay, let's see. How about uh, some Lauren Hill? Zion from One Day The Miseducation of Lauren Hill.
Okay, that was Lauren Hill um, to Zion and about uh, deciding to have a child and how important that was that event was to her and her life. A beautiful tribute to uh, her son. Okay, this is the B. And that was Labor and Love. If you missed it, or you want to hear part of it over, go to Mutiny Radio slash podcast and look it up. This is the B reminding you that uh, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Reminding you that if you don't have a seat at the table, at the negotiating table, that is, you're probably on the menu. And finally, never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Okay, everybody have a good week, good work. Call out to all the family there, daughter Vita, soulmate Sylvia. Coming, all we got to do is reach out and make it happen. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. Insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayaks yelling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment where in both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. Mm 
People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 